Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, Sunny will be having a dedication show for herself. It's a special Soul Digger edition of Sunny in Seattle for a boost of positive programming, where she'll be sharing not only how she's been keeping afloat, but some uplifting information about this whole situation we've all been going through. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. Uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and we are here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW, KKNW in Seattle, and usually uh, 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, but of course, um, the Petaluma Community Access Station is closed right now as we're sheltering in place, so it's only Seattle right now, but that's okay, Benny. You're handling everything up there. Always. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What? I said, yeah, I was just cheering. I'm all excited. Of course. Oh Holding it down You're... for everybody. Holding it down. Oh, yes. Well, the show is all about bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose, even in times of pandemic. Um, it is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access the show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. We are also on iTunes and Podcast One, um, if you are more of a podcast person like I am. You can find out more about me uh, through my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. That is goldenoversoul.com. And um, Benny, you know, I've been doing in some of the groups that I facilitate kind of a let's get real check-in. Because, you know, usually when we're talking to, to folks, you know, if you run into someone at work or on the streets, like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. But let's get real. Because in my groups, we've had anything from people feeling rage and deep grief all the way to hope and giddiness about what may be to come from all of this. And so, Benny, let's get real. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Party it up! <laughs> Happy New Year! Oh, wait, we don't get a do-over now? I mean, I could really use a do-over. <laughs> like, come on! <laughs> I have seen many memes to that effect. Oh. Uh, <laughs> And I got to say, I hope today's show at least gives you a little bit of a reframe or another way to look at all of this. But yeah. I do understand the people out there who are feeling that way. Exactly. Trying to keep the spirits up. You know, I mean, I think that's why I'm a morning guy. I keep pushing through, keep pushing through, keep pushing through. That's yeah. what we want everyone else to have on their faces, our big smiles, you know, help <sighs> one another. Well, I mean, because, I mean, it's just kind of a little bit of a bombardment of all this negative stuff. I know we're working on it. We're working hard, diligently, trying to get this vaccine and, and, and having people just like, let's do this. Let's come together. That's what we want to bring up. Yes. And so I do like seeing smiles. But you know yeah. what? If you're not feeling smiley, you know, cry, sure. rage, yes, whatever it takes. Yep. Um, you know, so I don't know. all of the emotions are welcome. Sorry, totally. I'm like. I brought my tea in here. I brought. I was all excited because uh -oh. I have my little tea tray that I brought into my office, Aww. of course, since I'm broadcasting from home. And then I use one of those little um, metal strainers that's like a little ball on a <laughs> little metal chain. And it got stuck at the bottom of my cup, and now I can't get it out. And I'm already a little bit over-caffeinated, so I'm thinking uh -oh. if I leave the tea steeping the entire episode, because uh -oh. I'm already kind of do fired need, up today. Do you today. need a minute to dig it out of there? So, I mean, this <laughs> trying, I've got, like, a letter opener that I'm trying to use since I'm in my office, and it's not working very well. It's love so, on the air. Anyway, the yeah. Radio, right? The fun of live radio. I think anyway, it, might broadcasting. Make, it might make for a better show. You never know. <laughs> well, we'll see, because as I mentioned, Benny, I'm already pretty fired up today about That's, what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. 
So we'll just see how it goes. I think it'll be just fine. It'll be something else for you to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Benny, anything else on your end? I mean, just, just wanted to make sure you're checking in. It's feeling like people are kind of on little islands right now. And I'm sure up at uh, Hubbard Rock or Hubbard Radio, yeah. it may feel a little bit like that. Yep. Some of us are still making it in. Uh, we've got our letters of approval. So in case we get into uh, trouble with the law on the streets, um, mm-hmm. uh, that's always nice. To, it's kind of like having a VI, like a, an FBI yeah. badge or something like that. Like I haven't tested it yet, but yeah. um, I know I work so early in the morning. I'm always tempted, even every morning, not tempted. I'm always suspected myself, like driving so early every morning, really. Like I creep around the mall area to where we uh, have our studios. In fact, what do you mean you creep around the mall area? I go the back way because it's fast. Oh. No, it's faster. <laughs> it's faster. Oh, it's, it's less traffic lights because sometimes the lights mm-hmm. are, anyways. You know, guys need to know my traffic pattern behavior. But um, <laughs> so basically, I just do the same route every morning. And there is an office, a uh, police office in the mall, in Factoria Mall. There's a little uh, shop there. And they always have a bunch of vehicles parked out. I'm always curious, like, one of them's going to dart out real fast and follow me to the station. But it hasn't happened yet. Maybe if I knock on wood, it might. So um, <laughs> then you can show your exactly. Letter. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to saying it because I mean, I'm very proud of being here for everyone and being a first responder and myself, too. And, and you are being in part of the media w- world uh, to help those get through it. And that's pretty much all that's excited me for like this earlier week because I had that piece of paper in my car. Yeah. Well, um, and are some of the other hosts coming in? Are you saying it's just like the the. Folks like you that are producers or hosts still kind of coming in? Uh, there's a couple that still come in because they are close to the station and they still mm-hmm. would prefer having that studio um, in uh, emergence, so to, right. so, so to speak. And, uh, yeah. you know, our Internet's still pretty good for speed level. And so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty lickety split. So. Well, I'm glad you're in the studio, Benny. And yeah. I know there are a lot of people that are, you know, really front lines in hospitals mm-hmm. and and um, emergency medical personnel out right. there and Shout police out to officers. Them. Seriously, big applause. Yeah, for them. absolutely. They're, they're doing a lot for us. Yeah. A lot. Yes. But I am glad that there are still, you know, radio is pretty old school. Mm-hmm. And to have those anchors of normalcy, I think, can be important as one of the, you know, that second tier of being essential so right. to speak yeah so thanks benny sure thank you well send any love from petaluma Aww. yeah so just to give you guys a roadmap for where we're going today um i'm going to do a little bit of an intro you know getting a little bit soulful so what is the soul digger special edition all about today and then we're going to talk about getting empowered getting some perspective getting practical getting inspired and then going with soul um and I, for years, especially if I was going to do a solo show, I do a lot of preparation and I knew I was going to reserve this spot. You know, as of last week, I kind of decided I would reserve the spot for myself. And I have been pulling pretty long hours to really, I don't know, I felt pretty inspired right now and energized and I'm an introvert. So this time has been in some ways very nourishing to have a permission slip to feel good about working from home (laughs) all the time. And so I put off creating an outline for this show until this morning and just sat down for 10 minutes before I opened my computer and just said, hey, my soul, my guides and team, my non-physical family, my divine beloved, you know, what 
what do what needs to be said today? And so I just threw together this outline in hopes that it might help you um, sharing some stories, not only from my life, but from some clients and some members of the Soul Digger community, um, things that have come up that I think may be helpful for those of you out there and some different perspectives about what's happening. I've always loved KKNW for the ability to be able to talk about things that are a little bit beyond the mainstream and definitely metaphysical. And uh, there are so many neat resources and teachers rising up right now to provide um, perspective around this that is definitely not what you're finding in the mainstream. And I would like to share some of those things because they have been soothing to me and my soul, to both my human and my soul. Um, and so that's where we're going today. So the whole um, Soul Digger Special Edition, and I just always feel the need to clarify, you know, what is a Soul Digger? And what I came up with is it's it's really someone, it's like, you know, you find the little definition in Webster's Dictionary and it provides like meetings one, two, three, and four. And so to me, a soul digger, soul digger is one, one who wants to mine the true gold that comes from the soul. Um, there are a lot of shiny, fun things in being a human, but I believe in my own experience, uh, based on my own experience, that the true gold does come from the soul. And when you have that as your foundation, it makes all of the things in the human experience better. A soul digger is one who desires to live a soul-driven life. And I'll talk more a little bit about what that means in a moment. Um, and a soul digger is someone who likes to get a little shamelessly spiritual. Um, I know KKNW is a shamelessly spiritual station, but um, not everyone in my life is that way. And I know one of the things that I've heard the most in the soul digger membership community is that not everyone has a place to go share the stories of magic, of the mystical, and really keep your human brain primed for those kind of uh, experiences so that we're not always looking for the negative. And um, I think it's important that as we go through, I think what is right now we're in the thick of an awakening, to become shamelessly spiritual is incredibly important. Um, it is a light that even just by virtue of you just doing your thing, being who you are, that is going to change the fabric of reality and the collective unconscious. So getting shamelessly spiritual, I think it's important. So talking a little bit about what it means to have a soul-driven life, especially right now amidst current circumstances. Um, you know, we've got the soul and we've got the human. And my old life, previous chapter when I was practicing law, when I was still married, living in Texas, all of those things, it was very driven by my human. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, I don't believe there's no moral judgment here. It's not a good or bad. It's just a different experience. And I wasn't terribly fulfilled uh, in my human experience. And so when I figured out there was another way, uh, another part of my being that could be in the driver's seat of my life experience, um, my soul, that's when things really got good. Now, got good does not mean got easier necessarily, but I got infinitely more free, infinitely more meaning in my life and infinitely more fulfilled. And there was this quote that's paraphrased from the Buddha that was really important to me when I was going through this time of transitioning from human driving the car to the soul driving the car. And uh, it goes something along the lines of, uh, when you encounter a body of water, you will know it is the ocean because it tastes of salt in the same way. You will know enlightenment. You will know truth because it tastes of freedom, not safety, not comfort, but freedom. And our humans really do desire that safety and that comfort. But the soul knows that 
uh, we are always safe. Um, that freedom, I think, an expression of the soul's divinity is the most, it's, it's really our biggest motivating factor as a spiritual being in this human experience that I've found so far. And so letting the soul take the lead, infinite freedom, infinite meaning, infinite fulfillment. And I've noticed now more than ever, I was talking with a friend earlier this week, and she was just saying that um, she's not someone who has been terribly happy. She's had a, a job, not something that has felt like a calling to her, but has felt like a job that simply pays the bills. And that's why she continues to show up. Um, and now that she has been furloughed um, and the, the money isn't coming in, you know, it's when the money disappears. If you don't want to keep doing the work that you're doing, that can be an indication that it is not your true calling. And she was just saying that she feels like now more than ever, she has an opportunity for a whole new way of being that, that, that a part of her is awakening. I was like, yes, this is exactly what this time is about. And if you are letting your soul take the lead right now, it is much easier, of course, to navigate current circumstances. So it's funny because um, every month in the Soul Digger community, we work on a different topic, a different content. And so we, I'll share some research or some learning or some inspiration on that. And then we'll spend the month putting it into practice, sharing about our experience with it and really working with it. And this month, <laughs> interestingly enough, I had pulled a book off the shelf. It's been a couple years since I interviewed Neil Donald Walsh, but his most recent book, um, well, I think it was, maybe he's had another one out by now. I don't think so. Oh yes, actually he has, Never mind. But okay, so this was his second to most recent book, Conversations with God, book four, Awaken the Species. And as this month has progressed, this book has become even more relevant, I think for obvious reasons. But going back through this book, it's this was well before I started Soul Digger and um, well before I really even started understanding what that was going to be about, you know, essentially living a soul-driven life. And in his conversation with God, Neil was asking toward the tail end of the book about some other suggestions for um, our own personal evolution. The book is really about talking about highly evolved beings and their civilizations. Um, these, and you can read the book to find out more what he means by that. But um, humans are in in their infancy in terms of a species and a civilization. We are just babies. We're like we're like toddlers with knives. Really, we are so young and know so little. And in, in the grand scheme of the cosmic timeline and the other civilizations that are out there. And so this book is about sharing what do highly evolved beings, what do their civilizations look like? How do they act? How do they be? And so again, at the tail end of the book, Neil is asking, what are some other things that we can incorporate into our personal evolutions as humans as we answer the call to awaken? And the last one, number five, that he lists is go with the soul. And I'm just going to read this little passage to you because I think it's so relevant to where we sit right now. He says, and this is God speaking to Neil, most, and when I say he, sorry, let me correct that since we're talking about God. I believe God is a they. I do not believe, uh, I believe it has a combination of, of the divine masculine, the divine feminine, and all, uh, many other things that as humans, our mind cannot even comprehend. So God is speaking to Neil and God says, most often you respond to whatever is happening in your life, 
whether it is an illness, a disappointment, a happy surprise, or whatever it might be, insert coronavirus here, we normally respond from the logic center in your mind. You analyze the data that your mind holds regarding the experience at hand, and that is the place from which your reaction emerges. It is possible for you to cultivate the ability to respond from the wisdom center in your soul. Here, the data regarding the experience at hand is unlimited and expansive and includes considerations and understandings that may not have ever even been conceived of in the mind. The soul is the place within which everything you know is already integrated and simply awaits the outward expression of that. So take a moment whenever anything is confronting you. Now would be a good time. I'm suggesting to everyone out there. Take a moment whenever anything is confronting you, something that you call good news or bad news, and instruct your mind to let you act as if you are out of your mind. Then notice your response emerge from within um, without thinking, producing a spontaneous demonstration of your soul's wisdom and awareness. And I just thought, whoa, that is exactly what I believe is possible for us. So how do we do this? And we're going to talk the part of today about getting practical. We're going to talk about that. How do you access, uh, get out of your mind and access that soul's wisdom and awareness? But Another question that I think is really important to be asking, this is part of the, the perspective piece of this. Um, we've talked a lot on this show about my belief, um, and it is a belief held by some, not all, that as a soul, we, before we incarnate in a human life, we pick the circumstances, we pick our parents, our families, we pick potentials to experience. Um, if we choose to incarnate at a certain time in human history, we know there is potential for something to happen. Um, right now, for example, I believe when we incarnated, we knew there was potential for this particular pandemic to occur. So why, why might you have written this component into your script? Why and how might this very event and all the ripple effects around it be a part of your soul's agenda? This is a question that Neil Donald Walsh, um, I adapted it a little bit, but you know, how might this be part of my soul's agenda? It's an important question. It really reframes things from a cosmic perspective, not a human perspective. Um, so just let that question rest in your awareness today in this moment and in the coming weeks and months as this situation unfolds. Um, and I just want to also remind you one of my favorite quotes uh, from a recent Sunny in Seattle guest, Megan Watterson. She writes that there will never be a voice outside of you that is wiser than your soul voice or holds more authority over what is best for you. You need guidance and support not to follow someone else's truth, but to remain loyal to your own. And I think that that phrase or that quote is more important and relevant and timely than I have ever seen it applied in human life before. There is a lot of information coming at you right now from government bodies, from health organizations, from your community, from your state, from your neighbors, from your family, from social media. And if you are handling this situation solely in your mind, that is not enough. Discernment is not found in the mind. It is found in the heart and soul. So I'm not suggesting that you just put your head in the sand and not take in any information. What I am suggesting is that you are taking in the information as it is helpful and relevant to you. 
we're going to talk about the difference between managing concern versus fear. Those are two different ways to come at this, but take in the information that will help you develop managing concern for the situation. And when you have taken in the appropriate relevant amount that is going to be helpful to your own health, wellness, and safety, then go to the discernment to filter through all of that information and use what is relevant to you and your family. Um, there are some broad guidelines out there, but what is unique to your own human body and its makeup and what it's going to um, take to heal or to boost your immune system, you can decide what it is that you need to do. Um, you have the ability to tap into that soul voice as your ultimate source of wisdom and discernment to filter through what is coming at you right now. And I just want to mention, I'm going to mention this twice once it kind of, well, we're oh God, in this, my, I'm, my outline is clearly going to be longer than this show, but I just want to mention um, two things that if you want to amp up your ability to hear your soul voice, if you want a container, a safe container in which to work with your soul, access your heart and its wisdom, and just get out of the external noise and chatter just for an hour or two a week. I've got some free offerings right now that are for this time period. Um, I've got Soul Digger Book Club. We're working with Anita Morjani's book, What If This Is Heaven, right now. We just started last week. I don't think anybody had read the book. I'd only reread the introduction. You don't have to have read the book. Um, this is a place for us to have book club for your soul. These are sources that are going to help shape your perspective, give you the cosmic perspective, not the human perspective that's above the noise. And then you can go right back into your human life. But for an hour or two, um, the, the book club meets on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Um, so we're meeting for about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. Um, you can find on my website the link to join that for free. It is at goldenoversoul.com, goldenoversoul.com. Um, under the events tab. And then I've also got, um, this is normally something I only do within the Soul Digger membership community, but we have these sessions during the month called Shut Up and Soul. I used to be a part of a writing group and um, we would meet weekly for an hour virtually. This was several years ago um, and it was called Shut Up and Write. And we would just come together um, each in our respective spaces, meeting uh, by Zoom, and we would then go on mute and we would all just write for an hour. And it was a container for accountability and um, just to keep our writing practice going because, you know, you may make a doctor's appointment in your calendar and you really stick to that. But sometimes if you put an appointment to write or an appointment for your spiritual practice, other things get in the way and take over that time slot. And so this is kind of like making it an appointment on your calendar that you keep. So I'm going to be doing shut up and soul sessions. Basically, we come together via Zoom. Um, I do like five, 10 minutes of inspiration, a reading, a meditation, and then we go on mute and we each do spiritual practice, meditate, journal, read, whatever it is that you're not doing <laughs> that you want to be doing for your practice. It's a neat way to come together to do that. And that was by popular demand. Um, asks, I've had some people ask for more of those sessions. So those are going to be on Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific and Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific. And again, you can find the link to register for free for any or all of them at goldenoversoul.com under the events page. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about why this show today. 
Um, I was um, listening to Martha Beck's uh, Facebook Live. She does every week this thing called The Gathering Room. And that's how I start my Monday is her little recording that she does uh, for Facebook Live on Sundays. So I was listening this week and a woman wrote in that I can't see any good in this. And I thought, my goodness, this is someone who follows Martha Beck and she's unable to see any good in this current situation. Um, and I understand how that can be possible. I am not blind to what is happening in the human suffering and the potentials, not only in health and wellness and disease and death, but economy. People, uh, I see the businesses around me in this little community of Petaluma that I've grown to love teetering on the brink of closing. I understand people are being um, forced to move from where they are. There are human concerns here. I acknowledge them, but I want to offer a broader perspective here. And if someone in Martha Beck's community cannot see any good in this, then I feel called to to do a reframe here today, or at least offer alternative perspectives. Um, I see a lot of good that can come of this. I mean, I'm sure many of you have seen the social media posts around um, our planet taking a deep sigh of relief and dolphins coming back into the canals of Venice now that they're not so polluted with boats and, and uh, silt and sediment. And we see that the pollution above China is gone, uh, that the skies are clear after um, everyone was in lockdown. And so there are neat things happening that we can see and you can find them out there. From me personally, I have never felt more energized or inspired right now. Um, when I left my life behind and imploded it 10 years ago, I didn't know what I was leaving it for. Um, I now believe that it is because I desire to be a part of the awakening of our species that is happening right now. And 2012 was a huge marker for that. And we are now, we are in it, folks. And we may not have known how big transformation was going to come about, but something like this pandemic is a catalyst for that. And it, I just have had playing in my mind that quote from Joan of Arc, that I am not afraid. I was born for this. And you, KKNW listeners, I know you are a part of that. Part of that quote that is not always shared is, I am not afraid for God is with me. I am born, I was born for this. And I have kind of rewritten it to feel more appropriate for how I view divinity and God and source and the universe, which I think are all interchangeable words. I am not afraid for God is in me. I was born for this. You were too. We are here and we can make the most of this situation. And I just want to say, I am not immune from the effects of this. Um, while I did, uh, was able to, um, feel very blessed to receive a settlement upon my divorce. We, um, I invested a lot of it in my own training and education and my business. Um, I rely on now to live on my coaching income and Chase's income. Chase is currently furloughed. Are people going to want coaching right now, uh, when they are really going down to the most essential expenses? Um, we were going to sell our house in Seattle. Um, finally felt really aligned to do that. Um, and we were going to list it in April. Who knows if that's going to happen and if, if we'll be able to, um, to sell the house, which I was counting on to cover certain expenses. So I am not immune from the effects of what is happening. Chase has severe asthma. If he were to get this, it would be a very intense and dire potentially situation. So 
I say that, I feel what's happening, and yet still, I am not afraid. I was born for this. And I also just want to share that from more of the financial economic perspective that I know is is very real right now for a lot of humans, when Byron Katie had her, uh, what she doesn't call it an enlightenment experience, but I think most people from the outside would, when she had that experience and she came back and she was no longer the same, she had a lot of people telling her, oh, you've got to go back to work. You've got to get a job. You've got to reintegrate. And of course, she learned that the only thing that had caused her suffering as a human was her thinking. And she began to ask of every thought that caused her suffering, is it true? So when people said, oh, you've got to go back to that job that you were miserable in, even though it made you a lot of money. And she would ask, is it true? And she decided, let's, let's test this out. And so she would wander out into the desert for days at a time without food, without water, without money, without transportation. And she said she wanted to see whether the universe, whether reality, God, whatever you want to call it, would take care of her. Just like if you are someone who is familiar with the Bible, the Israelites wandering in the desert and the manna appeared every day. They didn't stockpile it. They didn't have great stores of it to haul around, but every day it was given. And just in the same way, Byron Katie found that someone would appear on her path to provide her water, to give her a ride home, to offer her some money, to get some food. She was always taken care of. And that particular story gave me great hope when I was unsure of what my financial future would be as I left being supported by a very wealthy man and decided to go it on my own and make huge investments in myself and in my business instead of stockpiling that money and um, you know, investing it and just kind of letting it rest there and being safe. You know, I took big risks and we'll see how it goes, but I trust what Byron Katie and stories like that tell me, and you can too, if you choose to. Um, so let's, I see we're already at our time for break. So this is a good time because that was kind of the intro. <laughs> we are halfway through the show and I'm only through the intro anyway, but we're going to come back with getting empowered, getting some perspective, getting practical, getting inspired, and then going with the soul. Um, so Benny, let's take our break. And uh, you were listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm Sunny Joy. We will be back in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Hey, Sunny in Seattle friends. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that the greatest gifts and synchronicities of my life happened when I started listening to the voice of my soul and let it take the lead. But in a crazy culture and a chaotic world, it can often be difficult to hear that soul voice, and we forget just how powerful that spiritual being inside you really is, which is why I created Soul Digger, a membership community for women and those who identify as women who want to live a soul-driven life. We meet virtually to learn, connect, share, grow, and inspire one another on our spiritual journey. Find out more at my website, goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. And click on the tab that says, Work With Me. So come get shamelessly spiritual with us in the Soul Digger community, where we mine the true gold that comes from your soul. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizewitz. And this is Climate Connections. Instead of trucking vegetables across the country, 
One company wants to help food service providers grow food right where they are, no matter how little experience or land they have. That's at corporate campuses, that's at university campuses, healthcare facilities. Brad McNamara is CEO of Freight Farms, which sells what it calls the greenery. It's a 320-square-foot shipping container, like you would see on a boat, a train, a truck, outfitted with an automated growing system to grow about three and a half acres worth of produce with no pesticides, no herbicides, and about 98.5% less water. Inside the greenery, plants grow vertically, with their roots in a nutrient solution instead of soil. Sensors, pumps, and LED lights automatically maintain ideal growing conditions, so you don't have to be an expert to start farming. You plug it in, and you're growing same day. As the climate changes and the world's population grows, McNamara says it makes sense to farm in a way that produces more food with fewer resources and less transportation. Where instead of making more bigger farms, make hundreds, then thousands, then millions of people into independent, successful farmers where they live and work. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. We all make promises, big and small. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to help you when you're in need. To be considerate and caring. To be your loving, faithful friend. Partner. Child. Parent. Neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy, and today is a special Soul Digger edition of Sunny in Seattle designed to bring you a little bit of positivity amidst a lot of negativity out there in the normal media. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, getting empowered, getting some perspective, uh, getting practical, and getting inspired. Um, and we'll do it all in 20 minutes, apparently. <laughs> so, um, getting empowered. Just quickly, it's kind of along the the Joan of Arc quote line. Um, we were born for this. Um, one of my favorite things that I learned from Danny and Brinkley in his interview, um, he is a um, near-death experience survivor, and he shared on the show that from the soul's perspective, before we take on this human body, we look down and we know, we are reminded of how powerful we are when we are in ethereal soul form, when we're in the ethereal realms. <clears throat> we know how powerful we are. Um, and so we look down on earth and we think, I can handle that. I can do anything because we remember who we really are. And then you take on the human body. And of course, we get that lovely human brain and our little wiring to forget because it would be really distracting, I think, if for this human experience, we remembered everything that we knew before we incarnated. But anyway, we forget. And so we're down here and we, we feel like, oh gosh, we can't handle it. And I just want you to be reminded of what Danian reminded me, that we knew we were as powerful as we needed to be for anything that we would encounter in the human experience, including a pandemic and any of the economic ripple effects and other things that come as a part of this. So let that and the wisdom of other near-death experiencers, you know, Anita Morjani, when she went to the other side, and she was told she was an in-stage in stage cancer in that coma where the family had been called to the bedside. She was supposed to die 
that cancer had taken over her body in huge lemon-sized tumors with weeping lesions because her organs had shut down and couldn't process the toxins. And from that state, when she had her near-death experience, she was told on the other side, if you go back, you will remember how powerful you are and know that you can heal this. And she did. She walked out of the hospital cancer-free in six weeks. And there are medical reports to prove that if you're not familiar with her story and want more. But in any event, when we're not in human form, we know how powerful we are. So you may not have had a near-death experience. I haven't, but I can trust that that is true and remember that in times like this. So getting perspective. People are feeling pretty isolated right now. I have some friends that are extreme extroverts, and this being at home is killing them. It drains them in the same way that a huge social gathering drains me. So just know that even if you cannot have a hug from someone in your life right now, that you are not alone. And remember, the research on those random number generators that spit out, it's kind of like a, a machine that's like a, a card or a coin toss machine. It's it's spitting out um, the, the data on radioactive decay, which is, you can't get more random than that. So it's basically like 50-50, always. And then there will be some huge world event. And that world event will cause those random number generators to become not random. Around the time of 9-11, actually two hours before the first plane hit the tower, the random number generators at Princeton noticed a huge spike in non-randomness. And what they concluded was that at the end of this, and, it, and that, that spike in non-randomness occurred over the course of several days and then, and then went back down to random again after uh, around the 13th of September. And what they had to conclude at Princeton was that it was something to do with the effect of human consciousness on the, the world around us on these random number generators and other things. Um, of course, HeartMath is measuring this through the Global Coherence Initiative. So you may feel like you are alone, but we are not. Our heart's electromagnetic field is connecting us to all those around us and to the very earth. Um, that the, the research is showing at HeartMath that, that the earth's resonant frequencies approximate those of our own brains, hearts, and autonomic nervous systems. And there is a huge, um, there's a tie between our health and behavior and solar and geometric activity. So we know that we, if you've ever thought that you were separate or you're feeling like you're separate and isolated right now, you aren't, you are tied to something so much larger. And from a more quantum field, quantum science, metaphysical perspective here, what you are feeling affects not just you, but the whole. So you in your house generating peace is feeding up into that, you know, the Jungian collective unconscious, what he called the collective unconscious. You sitting in your house and spinning out in fear and sadness is actually feeding up into that collective unconscious. And I just want to tell you that not to create fear or some, oh God, what am I, you know, I can't be fearful. I can't be sad. No, we are in human bodies. We are designed and wired to have big feelings during experiences like this. And we also have the power not to get hooked in and stay there for hours and days at a time. And that is where our own empowerment comes in, the ability to decide, are we going to keep believing the thoughts and feeling the feelings that are generating 
the kinds of emotions that drain us and that don't feed into the collective in a really, in a really powerful, great way. And what you are doing, it's another, it's another good point, I think, because a lot of us feeling like we're in our homes, oh my goodness, how can we help those around us? How can we be a source of change and a source of good for the people in our lives? And just know that you being in your house, just your very being, if you decide to hook into your heart, and if you need more of those exercises, I'm going to share a little bit about that during getting practical, but just you doing that affects the whole. Are you feeding the light or are you feeding the fear? And you get to decide. And just sitting in your house doing these practices that generate the really good feeling, resilient, creating emotions, that affects the whole without you having to do anything else. Um, I also just want to share um, that one of the other things from near-death experiencers that we know is that when they come back, even researchers who are skeptical about these things have to admit that when they come back, the kind of memories that they have of the experience in the ethereal realms are very different than the kind of normal human memories we have of, say, what happened last week or what happened in childhood. The memories remain vivid through the duration of the person's lifetime and even perhaps more importantly, the transformation they experience in their lives, like healing from healing and doing a complete 180 from addiction to um, healthy sobriety or um, to being a very rageful, uh, abusive person to becoming a very loving source of calm and peace in their family unit, all of these kinds of things, the changes are long term. And we know also that they are not afraid to die. They, in fact, a lot of them go into deep depression because they miss those realms and they know that's home. That's where the good stuff really is. We're just kind of on a work assignment here on earth that we have chosen, um, but that we're going home after this. And so they don't fear death. So if you need some more source of, of perspective on this, find those sources where people know that this is not the real thing. This is the illusion that we have chosen to live for a limited time. And we, the very, the, 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 what's the worst thing that can happen is actually the best thing that can happen. If we transition out of human form, we go home and just talk to any near-death experiencer. What they left after that experience was pretty darn good. And we can trust that that is what awaits us on the other side of all of this. So let's talk about getting practical. You know, that's kind of the cosmic viewpoint over all of this and how you might reframe it to look at it. But how do you actually, as a human who is bombarded with what's happening right now, and humans don't like uncertainty. Think about it from an evolutionary perspective. Whatever has worked to date has kept us alive. Even if the systems in place are not the best that we could come up with, even if some need big changes, at least for the majority of us, we are being kept alive. And so we don't want things to change. So the uncertainty right now, even though it holds the possibility of transformation, awakening, and great change for all of humanity, as a human, we still resist it because our minds think that it means death. It means that our survival is in question. And so just know that managing the human component of this is a very real part of the equation, even if you have a cosmic perspective on all of it. So HeartMath has a really interesting um, article up right now, specifically around how to do HeartMath in coronavirus times. Um, and they talk about the difference between fear and managed concern. 
Managed concern is an attitude or a feeling that is very different than fear. Managed concern can keep you safe, but managed concern also connects you more deeply with your heart's intuitive discernment, which means clearer thinking, much better choices through these times of uncertainty where fear represses our power and our strength and remembering who we really are. Managing concern actually empowers us. Fear disempowers us, um, where managed concern can leave us more in charge of our own mental and emotional nature and creates easier access to our intuitive guidance. So from a practical perspective, can you shift from fear into managed concern? And you might be thinking, well, how do I do that? Um, A technique that I have shared on the show numerous times, I've been using it in all of the groups that I facilitate right now. And it is, I'm repeating it. Yes, I'm repeating it because humans generally take about seven to nine times of hearing something before it even becomes like something that you might remember. And to think about it is in times of crisis where we revert back to whatever it is we're used to doing. So if if your habit like mine was for many years is to revert to fear and uncertainty and going to the mind for answers, In a time like this, if your muscle memory is not primed for going to, let's say, your heart and your soul, it it can be, I just want to do these reminders because let's try to create muscle memory for going to your heart and soul, not the mind, because fear comes from the mind. The managing concern, the discernment, the intuition, the inner guidance, that comes from your heart and your soul. Um, It reminds me, Chase, my partner, was a soccer player for many years, and uh, whenever he drops something, Um, his immediate response is to kick a foot out because he's used to always trapping a soccer ball between his foot and his ankle. And so nothing ever hits the floor in our house if he drops it. Me, on the other hand, I don't have that muscle memory. And so things hit the floor. And so I just want to emphasize muscle memory is important. So I'm going to just return back to this particular technique. It's the heart coherence technique that is taught by heart math. Um, And I really, I invite you just Google quick coherence technique um, from heart math. It's, I'm not going to go through it now in the interest of time, but basically you bring your awareness to your heart space, anchor that awareness by touching your heart space that triggers the sensory neurites there. Number two, slow your breathing to about four seconds in, four seconds out. That signals to your body that you're safe. It's okay to go inward that the parasympathetic nervous system can come online, which just basically means rest and digest. That's also where our immune function can actually come back online, which we really need right now. So number one, awareness in the heart. Number two, restful, even breathing. Number three, recall someone or something that you feel care, compassion, gratitude, or appreciation for. That is generating those good feeling emotions that create resilience and a larger electromagnetic field around the heart, all of the good things. It is from that place that you can generate and be in managed concern versus fear. It is that place that you can access, you are primed to access your inner wisdom. So just know that that is available to you. Um, I was gonna go through that today, but again, in the interest of time, just um, you can research that or Google that. Um, Let's see. Oh, and if you can hear (laughs) broadcasting from home, there are two little girls that live next to us. And one of them is learning how to play the trumpet. And so you may hear her in the background because I have a really strong mic and I see she just came back outside with her little instrument. Um, So anyway, the joys of live broadcasting at home during this time when everyone, including all my neighbors, So we get a soulful concert then at the same time then, huh? There you go.
go. And you know what? I always kind of, yes, we may view those as humans as say like a distraction, but I, I had a friend who's an intuitive and she said, you know, every time something like that happens, it's basically a very serendipitous little nod from the universe emphasizing or putting an exclamation point on what is happening, you know, whatever you're saying. So anyway, enjoy the free concert next door. If you can hear that as we continue the show for these final minutes. Um, I just want to address also on getting practical. Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of conspiracy theories out there on both sides of the fence. I mean, there are some wild things happening out there, um, and theories about what's behind this. And I, I am I am aware of these things. Uh, sometimes I do believe where there is smoke, there is fire. I do know that there are some dark predictions coming from prophecies years ago, things like that. My suggestion to you, which is how I'm handling it, is, again, using your discernment. Um, but more than anything, our soul speaks to us. One of the primary ways that our soul speaks to us is through the body. So if you are reading something that is causing you to feel stressed, fearful, cons- and I want, I'm, let's go, those are emotions, but let's talk in your physical body. As you're reading it, I want you to check in. Think about, let's let's actually do this practically. What's the last thing that you read that really scared you? And I'm talking along the lines of, you know, a, a, a statistic about what the spread of the virus that is just freaking you out, a conspiracy theory about what's behind this and what may be to come. Whatever the last thing was that really scared the crap out of you, go there in your mind, let it rest in your awareness right now. What is happening in your body? Are you feeling a little constricted in your heart, your throat, your, your gut? Are you feeling heavy? You maybe you're even starting to dissociate. Your mind is like, or your your brain feels a little light and floaty. Okay, now I want you to go, let that go. And if you need to stretch it out, shake your arms, roll out your neck, whatever. Get rid of that memory just for the moment. This is for grins and giggles. We're doing this. I want you to return just as I was doing a moment ago. Recall someone or something that you feel care, compassion, gratitude, and appreciation for. I'm going to think of my rescue kitty. She brings me great joy in her innocence and the fact that I have so, I just have so much care for the life that she has now because she had a pretty crappy life before. Envisioning her in my mind and petting her back just generates so much love. And what what are you feeling in your body as you recall you're someone or something? My hunch is you're feeling a little lighter, a little more expansive. Your heart may even feel buoyant. All of the good things. You have a choice whether you want to stew in the things that are dark and are making you feel crappy. If you want to dip in your toe for a moment, awesome. But if it's a river flowing by, you don't have to jump in and get sucked down in the whirlpool. And also, if your body is feeling tight and constricted, that can be an indication that you are believing something that from your soul's perspective is not helpful to you, may not be true, and is not relevant to your soul's agenda. Your body is going to tell you. So use that as an indication of the information and the sources that you believe. There are some spiritual sources out there that they are sharing some really dark things. And again, whether they are true or not, how is that helpful to your soul's agenda? And you have the power to to shift your focus to doing something that may be more inspiring and more in line with where you actually have your own empowerment and control in your life and your soul's journey. 
Um, and there are various potentials that exist at any given moment in, in human history. Um, we are deciding how this is going to turn out. So where do you want to focus your attention? I would say focus your attention on the potentials that are going to turn out for the good of everyone and the collective. So we've got, oh, let's see, just a few minutes left. So let's get inspired. I have a tool that I've been using for a long time. I've shared it on the show, the soul, the, the show before, and it's the vibrational speed dial. Um, and basically, these are sources that connect you to who you really are. And I've talked about these are sources that just by virtue of listening to them, being in this particular place, they will lift your vibration. But the why of that is because it reminds you of who you really are. Create a vibrational speed dial list that reminds you of the magnificent, powerful, free soul that you are, that you were before you took on a body, and that you still are inside of this human body. Pick sources that remind you of who you really are, that feel familiar, that feel like coming home. You can spend all the time you want in the media out there, the negative, but my hunch is that it would be better served if you, or you would be better served if for every five minutes you spend in that media, you spend 10 minutes with your vibrational speed dial list. For every 30 minutes you spend on the media, spend an hour on your vibrational speed dial list if you, if you feel called to spend any time exposing yourself to the media out there. And from the conversations with Godbook I mentioned earlier, Awaken the Species, this may not be a concept that you believe, but I'm putting it out there in case it lands with a familiar thud in the center of your being, the knowing of your soul, that no one dies at a time or in a way that is not of their soul's choosing. I understand from the human perspective that getting sick, that dying and all of those things do not sound very appealing, but from the soul's perspective that knows that at one human lifetime is a blip on the eternal lot timeline, who knows how we decided that we wanted to come in and live this life and how we wanted to leave. So leave the potential and give yourself perhaps a feeling of safety and comfort knowing that the soul has chosen a lot of things that may not make sense to the human, but you can choose to tap into the soul's agenda. And so I will leave you with go with the soul and I'll read this passage again. This is from Awaken the Species. Most often you respond to whatever is happening in your life, whether it's an illness, a disappointment, a happy surprise, whatever it might be from the logic center in your mind. It is possible for you to cultivate the ability to respond from the wisdom center of your soul. Here, the data regarding the experience at hand is unlimited and expansive and includes considerations and understandings that may not have been even conceived of in the mind. So go with your soul. And if you need a little more encouragement, then join the free Soul Digger book club or join a Shut Up and Soul session. You can find that by going to goldenoversoul.com, goldenoversoul.com, and it's under the events tab. I hope to see you all there, but if not, I wish you all strength and wellness, the kind that comes from your soul. Much love to you all. Thanks, Benny. We'll see you next week. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.